Yes, and that's what we were there for as well. That is the final piece of commentary from the England-Tunisia game last night. Harry Kane leaping up at the death uh, to smash the winner in against Tunisia. Uh, Fantastic result. I'm here today, as always, with my good friend Tommy. Tommy, say hello, mate. Hello, Andy. Now say hello. It's coming home. Good lad. And Dave, say hello. It's coming home, part two. <laughs> first things first, where did where did we watch the game last night or the other night? Tommy, where did you watch? I watched it in the comfort of my own home uh, and I loved it. I had a, a little beer uh, sipping away. It was nice. You went a beer at home at four in the morning? Yes, I did. Because I'm it doesn't, doesn't feel right otherwise. Yeah, No, I like it. I like it. That's more commitment than I showed, that's for sure. I was on my sofa with a dog, cat, cup of coffee. It was very nice. Naz, where did you go? Um, I had a bit of a mandate with the co host here Dave got down to the casino yeah boy um, yeah it was pretty crazy watched the Belgium game there first and then uh, just turned around and the casino was just full of England fans what time did you get down there? we went there we went there for the second game so we'd watched the first one at mine then the Belgium versus Panama game which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit uh, yeah we watched that first of all and then the England game what a game I'm looking forward to your guys' recollections then, haven't been yeah. on the saucer about, From, about six hours. Yeah, we rely on the highlights, I think. We'll start with the sober person. Tommy, what, what did you make of the game at overall? Uh, to be honest, I think it was um, one of those classic England games. Uh, they started off really strong in the first half, uh, as you'd expect, and then it petered out. And at the end of the day, uh, it was a draw until the very last minute. Um, so I thought it was pretty standard England, to be honest. Um and I seen a great tweet there during the week uh, saying England England tweets about the World Cup are a bit like shaving your pubes before a night out. You know, you hope you're going to get lucky, but at the end of the day, you'd be lucky to reach a semi. Oh, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> Banter. Naz, what about you? What do you make of it, mate? Um, yeah. No, look, I get it. it was everyone saying it was like a typical England game, but realistically, we played fucking well. <laughs> like, we played really well. And like, the fact that we won the game is is a nice cherry on top but what we did through the game was it just echoed what I was saying last podcast you know like as long as we go for it as long as we turn up and just go for it and he had a new system he had a new plan he had a new play and yeah like there was a little bit of a <laughs> toxic atmosphere come the 70th minute about uh, oh here we go again but stuck to her guns you know like I'm just ecstatic I'm still happy now I was going to say Dave what was it like in the because I was after about 60 minutes I texted my mate and I just said here we go 10 minutes and we're into typical plan B just lump it forward what, what was it yeah what was peak, the peaks and troughs at the start like it was electrifying there was after 10 minutes there was pints fl- uh, getting thrown literally everywhere um, when the first goal went in it was electric and then second half just petered down like you could see people starting to sweat but the Belgian lot was still in there anyway so they started ramping up the volume so when it comes to that last kick of the game like I won't forget that I'm sure me and Naz can show you a couple of videos from full time <laughs> to remember that's for sure I mean Naz you said they played well they did they play well I mean in all honesty did they if if they hadn't if Kane hadn't popped up with that last minute goal would we be sitting here going this is what I thought was quite telling right after the game uh, Southgate was like we created so many clear cut chances we're, especially in the first half we were in total control what else you say we deserved the win we were strong on set plays if we'd drawn even though it would have made life more difficult for us I'd have been proud of the performance would you have still been happy if we'd 
not got away with the win with that. Yeah, I think it makes it easier. Definitely now it's the win. It's easy to say now. And the fact that we have four of us here still saying it's coming home, well, three, if you exclude Tommy. <laughs> Definitely not me, for the record. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I thought, especially first half, we, we, it wasn't the same old England. It was fast, it was quick play. You were playing behind the lines. You look at, um, even though Sterling was a little bit, I guess, temperamental in, in his fish, finishing. You look at Lingard, he could have scored twice, Kane could have scored twice. John Stones probably could have could have got one or even two if, if uh, his header had gone in before Kane tapped it in. Like I, I was really, really impressed with England first half, but then, like you said, like it's that it's that second half doubt that we always seem to get. If we don't kill it by half time, then then we, we've we've got issues. And I, I think, like I think me and you've had this this conversation um, earlier today. Like it makes such a difference that that we didn't go for that long ball as you were mentioning before. Once yeah. it gets to seventy minutes, we really started to control the ball. Even in the eightieth, eighty fifth minute, we knew the ref was wasn't exactly on our side. And uh, yeah, we, we've well, got the we'll win. We'll get to him. Don't worry about that. I mean, Tommy, look, Dave's saying we look world class here. If we you take the first 20 minutes, all these chances he's talking about, and we only managed to get one goal. What that says to me is lack of clinical finishing is what that is. Um, I think that without a, without a doubt, it was a very strong um, start. But the, the weaknesses in defence definitely came to the fore in the second half. And at the end of the day, you're playing Tunisia. You know, if you get come up against, you know, a strike force like Belgium has, uh, and you have that, sloppy defense you, you goals will will end up being leaked it's it's that simple you know Naz obviously with old what's his face Southgate coach first time he's done a tournament game what did he get right what did you like what what was what were the highlights of what he did I mean he, he said he got he said look we good team scored late goals uh I was proud of the way we kept playing, even though the clock was running down. We stayed patient and didn't just throw the ball in the box. No. Did you either see those things or yeah, what did yeah, he do right? How did it start game. going wrong? And you know what? It was 78th minute. You've got all these fucking idiot fans shouting lump it, um, which is why I was so happy that is that true? Is that we what, didn't. Is that what was happening? That, that's you, what you're just going to get that in any game, right? But like the, the thing is, the thing that was beautiful to see was the, the three centre-backs two of them pulling out as wide as possible, pretty much playing as full-backs when Pickford's got the ball. Pickford wants it all the time. You can pretty much use him as that second centre-half, really, and have a, a back four, really, when you've got the stones in the middle with Pickford and then two centre-halves dragging out wide. Um, full-backs pushing on, like, you know, we've kept the ball. The, the thing with Jordan Henderson, for me, and the reason why I think he's so important, I always have done, is because what you don't see in a game is that you might not do a step over but he will always take the ball off you right so if your fullback's got three people around him or you you know you're a centre half and you've got two people closing him down he will always give you space and he'll always ask for the ball and then he'll pop it back off right and that playing football at whatever level to have someone who'll pick up the ball at any point and just do that five yard mm. pass and keep it is so important and yeah. then it just starts an attack right and yeah, I just think he said he was going in with a new mentality. He said he was going in with a new system. Um, it's one thing to play in friendlies. It's another thing to, to, to play in a tournament. And um, look, it might just be Tunisia, but when the opposition gets better, people's performances get better, you know? So I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm very happy. Talking of getting better, were we, were we lucky to score in the last minute or was it by design, Dave? We look at all the club teams over the years, Manchester United, Chelsea... Um, 
Man City, they, they all score late goals. You look at City this year, they wouldn't have won the league if it wasn't for goals in the, in 90 plus minutes. So I think that that's a great sign. I think um, with regards to Tunisia, the difficulty being is they didn't go out to win the game. No. That they had one motive and that was just to stick 11 men behind the ball. I think in the first half they had one shot and that was the penalty. Yeah. Um, and then what more can you do? You look at Spain um, last night, you look at Portugal last night that they're squeezing one goals because people are putting 11 men behind the ball what, what what more can you do so I think firstly to score two against a team that are putting 11 men behind the balls unbelievable but to, to keep going and to get the goal in the fashion that we did with some party at the end there yeah and that's that's what really pleased me as well because in, in times gone by we've seen England as we all have just stumble to nothing lump ball forwards run out of ideas just like fuck's sake what are we watching sort of thing and it's it's incredibly frustrating to watch for all of us I think what pleased me most of all is that a couple of things the fact that we we kept doing what we were trying to do you know with the way it, after about sort of that 20-25 minutes especially after Chinese got the penalty you could see they dropped in and narrow and they really packed the middle of that park and they did not want to get stretched out at all on the wings and we kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it the great work and everyone who was working down those flanks was doing a great job what I liked is that when they got tired the subs that we bought on were to do more of the same it was like no we're we're going to keep doing this because we think we can get at you and we've got fresh legs now and you're getting tired and doing that rather than in, in days gone by where it'd just be like shit Let's just lump someone and hit up Get to the crowd. The, the, yeah, the, oh, <laughs> let's, let's throw Vardy on because we need pace. There was real considered thinking to it. And it's something that I think I like about Southgate is that because you talk, I mean, it's a bit of a loaded question asking you about the last minute goal. Because if you look back over the last couple of years of qualifying, I wrote them down, like late goals that England have scored. 2016, we were, it was 0-0, 90th minute plus five minutes into stoppage time, Lalana scores to make it 1-0. That's what gets us qualified, you know. You got Harry Kane in London against Slovenia. It's nil nil, ninety minute plus four. Harry Kane pops up, scores a goal, one nil Slovenia. You know, these are goal these are goals that have got us to the World Cup. And of course you've got Scotland as well, which I'm sure you guys all remember as well. Sitting there, England two one down, three minutes in stoppage time. Who pops up? Harry Kane scores a late. I mean there were two late goals in the Germany game, as well. He like, pops up and scores yeah. another goal. And then you've got Tunisia again tonight. And I don't think that's luck. You know, I don't think it's luck that, that happens or started happening to England and I, I think it's a really a really pleasing thing to see to be honest so yeah I'm, I'm very excited by it. I think the one thing that was um, great was to see the substitutions actually come on and make an impact so we've seen yeah. over the years that we, we bring like I said we may bring Vardy on but he's got a very in my opinion one-dimensional game you've got to hit it over the top to him and use his pace yeah. whereas I think Ruben Loftin-Cheeky come on it, he turned their left back three or four times got into dangerous positions and don't forget that's his first cap uh, at a major tournament so nerves would have been playing on his side well we know what Marcus Rashford's got in the in the locker and he yeah. was I think as soon as he come on I'm sure we'll come on to the de debate between him and Sterling but he, he was electrifying once again when he come on and he only played I think it was 25 minutes or so so um, yeah, that, that that was really, really important to England. Like those fresh legs, uh, and for them to come on and really work for the team was unreal. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 talk a bit about the players because I I have a list in front of me, so I know exactly who the best players were and who the worst players were. So don't worry about that. I want to know how much you think. Who who do we think was the best player on the pitch the other night, Tommy? Uh, I would I would say that I would say Kane for the goals, but I don't think that statistically he will will have been the best player on the pitch 
Um, I will say Lingard potentially. Nice. Let's assume you also. Yeah, it's a lot of opinion. Point, yeah, it's a lot of opinion, right? But I'll let the secret out of the bag. Obviously, Kang scores two goals. We yeah. yeah, I think yeah. For, for me, there's you know, four. You know what England fans there's are. There's four players immediately, right? So Kane, yeah, he's on there to score goals. He gets you two goals. I don't think he's man of the match. I think um, I think Trippier is, for 90 minutes, mm. putting in ball after ball and plays really well. Like I don't think he's man of the match. Uh, I think Jordan Henderson had a cracking game just being that link man in the middle. But for me, Harry Maguire was my man of the match um, all day. I think he was just... I don't remember him losing a header all game. I think he was just playing that system so well of playing it out with defence um, and, and starting attacks. He was just comfortable. He always wanted the ball, uh, him and Stones. And um, yeah, Harry Maguire would be my man of the match. But Mate, I've just got a question for you. Uh, you're saying that he didn't win every header, but so a couple of times in the first half, he lost the ball in such important positions and I've seen it being written about quite a lot that if he was to lose it against the likes of Brazil, Spain, France we'd get punished for that what do you reckon? You, you're saying he lost it in the first half? Yeah he lost ball yeah so mainly not to do with the head like he was solid as a rock yeah. in every corner whether it's front or back he, he was winning yeah, the header yeah, yeah. but and possession wise what do you think? Absolutely and, uh, and, and the thing is right if first of all it's the first time we played it in a major tournament right it's one thing playing it in qualifiers and friendlies but for that back three it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a new experience for them. It's gonna be a learning curve, but at the same time, if you give the ball away a couple of times against Tunisia, and then you play Brazil and you think, oh shit, I'm not gonna start asking for it again. I'm not gonna drive out. I'm gonna start lumping it long. What's the point of you being on the pitch, right? What's the point of putting all that hard work in for a couple of mistakes that you made? So, it's one of them. Yeah, it happens against Brazil. We concede potentially. That's the worst thing that can happen. But if it's a case of conceding or it's a case of not doing it again and just stopping a whole system I'd take a couple of mistakes every yeah day. I think that's a good point as well now because Southgate said I don't I want the players to play without fear yeah. we, we don't talk about don't make mistakes don't yeah. make mistakes don't make mistakes because it breeds a culture of as you said Naz if I don't do anything I can't make a mistake can I so I'll be all right mm -hmm. and I think that's been part of the problem so yeah it's on the one hand you go don't like seeing that against gooder teams I'll do this do that but the flip side is against gooder teams we'll run out of ideas quicker which maybe it's better that we're not running out of ideas quicker and we're doing that and we're moving on in terms of the worst player who's the worst player on the pitch for you guys for me and I hate to yeah, I hate to I use this guy as a scapegoat the scapegoat Raheem Sterling oh. like I know this really? is yeah, I know this is the debate, like I, I think he's so instrumental in us doing well, but he just he just loses track of what his legs does when he plays for England. Like you see him in City, and they, they play, make him take a touch and pass and use his pace. That's what he does every time. He gets the ball, he passes it to De Bruyne, goes for the one-two, plays it to Silva, goes for the one-two. With us, when they're playing him in number ten, and he's got to use his feet for four, five, six touches at a time. And I mean, I know he got away with the offside, but when that got played across to him, my nan could have put that in and she's no longer with us. So that says that all, do you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, um, yeah, he he is somebody that I, I would replace the second game. I think when Rashford scored that worldie in the, um, in the last friendly before we finished, I think that was his case. Then he, then he had that slight injury before the, the World Cup. So Sterling, I guess that put him to the forefront. But I think the difference that Rashford made in the 25 minutes versus the Sterling that played the 65 minutes. And I don't know one person that was disappointed to see Sterling come off come off for Rashford that day. So, 
I'm still. I I thought he did all right. I told you. I said this in the casino, right? I was like, yeah, he's coming off, but I like him in there. Like, I think he played that one two pretty well. I think. He, I, yeah, I mean, the TV says one story, but I just think. I don't think he had as bad of a game as what people are making out. Looking at a couple look, of legs. Looking looking at the numbers, right? Um, Sterling's pass completion ratio was seventy eight point nine percent. Uh, Keynes was only sixty point nine, right? Which you is want some stats? which is because I I, I thought to look at Jovi, it, yeah, right. he didn't tell me he he didn't play well. But then when you look at the numbers, you actually he, see that's that's the he, difference. He linked, he linked well. Nasda and Dave, you look at the game as a fan. Tommy looks at it as a coach. That's it. Yeah, you, we, we, he's we, got we coaching experience, isn't he? So, uh, <laughs> Tommy, tell tell us moneyball type shit. Tommy, with with your coaching hat on, uh, tell us even though. To me, it's quite obvious that Kane gets top of the rank, and Sterling actually got the lowest rank. And these these rankings, by the way, these rankings that I'm looking at, these are the average from the BBC, where they got fans to vote on their ranking. And Idiots. if I know it, well, if I know anything <laughs> about the great British public now, it's when they're asked to give their opinion on something, they never get it wrong. So I think that's really important to remember. So what you're saying is that I right, get it right Sterling. Mistake. But Sterling was bottom of the rankings with 4.1. Kane was top of the rankings with 7.09. Doesn't that just show that, as fans, well, Sterling didn't score a goal, and I remember that time he stuffed up, so he's rubbish. Harry Kane, two goals, well, ledge. I mean, Kane, well, do, uh, Kane, uh, Kane has that like talismanic aura to him, whereas where people will naturally like him. They'll think he plays great, even though if you stack him up against another player who probably played the exact same level, people will always assume that Kane is better. And he does have that incredible talent to be in the right place at the right time which definitely for the second goal he was. Uh, potentially you could even say that for the first goal as well. Um, but going back to your question, um, which I've just lost the run of myself. Well, basically what I'd, what I'd be interested from your point of view, Tommy, is do you think that even though Sterling doesn't necessarily stand out, other teams are going to pay attention to him, other countries are going to pay attention to him. He fulfills a role that we've got to keep an eye on him. And maybe yeah. he does open up Absolutely. I mean, there's there's stuff. loads of players um, in any team that they they do the right things. It doesn't look pretty when they do it, but they do it, and it makes it pays dividends um, in a game. Um, I I did agree. I think to look at it, it didn't look great, but when you look at the um, statistics, statistics don't lie, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that to summarize, Kane is perceived to be better than he is and Sterling is perceived to be a lot worse. Well look for those of you that, that may not have seen these so the top ranking players in the end and we'll move on after this. Uh, Kane got 7.09 Trippier got 6.93 Loftus-Cheek who obviously came as a sub got 6.46 Rashford came on as a sub 6.45 with those four after that the only other guy that you mentioned was Maguire Maguire was in 6th yeah, with 5.66 and I was telling to my mate after the game he's like oh what do you think what about that who do you think played well and a player I said I said, oh, I thought Ashley Young had a good game like he didn't do any of the sexy stuff but what he did I yeah. thought he did really well and see, anyway that's why Ash, the stats Ashley Young's like third that. Ashley Young's third from the bottom and that's so, why so the stats thought, oh, look like that though because because, because I voted obviously, 10,000 times because obviously everyone yeah because obviously Kane come on and scored two right and there's flashy things that people do where was like where was Henderson on that list because he, he had was, he was fifth 
He had a crack. So of, of the game. players like, that started, he was the. That's that's that Cantley style of football where no one really gives a shit what what he, what his rating is or anything, right? They'll give him a six or whatever every game, but really he's worth much yeah. more than that to a team. Like he's in Cantley is so important to any team that he plays in, probably yeah, more than true. any player in that squad, right? But he's always going to come in that fifth, sixth spot in the team. Yeah, I think so. All right, moving on. There was it was touched on VAR in the last podcast and. Look, I said at the time that I was reasonably happy with how it had been implemented. I, I thought if we look at, I think there's been sort of 17, 17 decisions overall in the first matches. Oh, oh no, there have been 17 matches and only five reviews, apparently, which is in the global average of of three point, of one every three games. Uh, I've got some quotes from David Ellery that I'll sort of get to. but Davey Ellery. Yeah, well, he's, he's sort of... What a name. David Ellery, do you oh, remember? No, I remember. Yeah, that's what I was blast from yeah. the so past. He's, he's technical director of the International Football Association Board. Of course Basically, they're in charge of the laws. Yeah. So his job is to look after the ref. So he's, he's not going to bag them out too much. But overall, they, they think it's really excellent. Should Harry Kane have been given a penalty because of VAR? Naz? Yeah, 100%. Based off just consistency. Based off consistency, right? In another game, maybe not. But well, if you're gonna give the Walker pen, you gotta give him the pen. But that, but that was a pen Walker. I mean, it's yeah. We didn't, we didn't touch on that. And look, as you know, as a defender of not much talent, even I know, ball's coming in the box. You shouldn't be standing facing your own goal, which he was. And then the guy came, come on his shoulder. If he, wow, if you guy came on his shoulder, he did what? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was watching a, probably a different stream for you guys. But look, if you look screen? at what happened, his, his right arm is, is out normal at sort of waist height. It's when he feels the guy on his shoulder and he knows he's been caught out of position, his left arm comes up and it's up here in the face. And yeah, the guy runs into his elbow. But at the end of the day, referee sees an arm goes up, sees it connect with the face in the box. That's a penalty. You know, those, uh, other, if the refs hadn't been as lenient as they've been on cards in this World Cup, that's you see players sent off for that. Beckham got sent off for worse, less than that in 98. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think all those things aside... I think that was a legit pen, even if he hadn't reviewed it. I don't even know if it was reviewed, but it was a legit pen. But were Canes or was it just that's what happens in the penalty box? And we saw that bit, but there was actually about seven fouls going on. And that's why the ref was just like, get on with it. Oh, it, was, it was it was like WWF. Like you watch it back slowly. He's speared. Yes, yeah. It was just, yeah, talking to Kane. <laughs> yeah, like it was... Um, it was an absolutely stone wall. I think the second half one, yeah, it was a penalty, but nowhere near as, as clear cut as the first one. Uh, I've seen it three, four, five, six times, and every time I, I scream at the telly, like, how the fuck is he not given that? Yeah. And you should have seen, like, especially after you've had a few lagers in the casino and you're watching it, like, people, there's absolute uproar after that. But then how it, it makes the penalty Tunisia got, we're, we're all in agreement that it was a pen. I'm not saying that, but that looks so soft compared to the yeah. spear that he got. Yeah. Tommy, what did you think of those two incidents? I think with the, with the whole VAR debate that will rage on throughout this World Cup, I think you have to remember where um, where football slash soccer is um, in terms of the video review. You know, the first... Whoa, uh, now. Are we allowing that football slash soccer? Whoa, I just we had this last week. week. I've, right. I've got to say... Soccer is actually legit. It was the people who invented football, like the Toffs back in the day in Eton, they used to nickname it so uh, Soccer. 
because it's why this guy because, that's why because they okay okay history lesson because uh, they had rugby football as well had football so it's actually association football that's football's a generic term so it's association football and association because of the way they did slang and shit in those days they shortened association to soccer and that's why you get soccer. So there we go. So when only tells that you now is, that, that is they don't call it soccer in England, you can tell them bollocks. Yeah, yeah that, that, is a, that is an excellent there, fun, fun fact. But I still yeah. prefer football. That's one for a pop quiz, I, I still prefer football, Tommy. So, you know, get it right, mate. Yeah, I know. But so, so back to soccer anyway. Where it is <laughs> with uh, VAR uh, is, is very early doors in the, in the process. Um, so the first first professional game, uh, competitive professional game that was used in was Melbourne uh, against Adelaide, and that was only last year. Now, you can you compare that to sports where uh, it's used very well and very efficiently. Sports like rugby has had uh, the Test Match official for 17 years. Uh, tennis has had a, a Hawkeye for 14. Uh, more, more, the more recent sports are Aussie rules and GAA, my own sport. Um, they've only had it for five and the purists again same thing for those of us that watch real sport what is GIA? GAY I think you said Gaelic Athletic Association oh yeah, well. oh, yeah, Ga- yeah, yeah uh, Gaelic yeah. Games in Ireland um, very similar in, in, in terms of um, Aussie rules they've had it for five years the purists of the game back then were saying you know it's slowing up the game It's but you know we're, we're seeing now that it, it, it's starting to get into its own groove and I think that's what you'll see uh, with soccer uh, in the next few years is that it's, it's all about getting used to, to playing within that framework both as a referee as a player and as a team and um, I think you can Andy you've, you've alluded to um, you've alluded to the fact that you know ye- yellows and reds are down in this in this tournament um, descent against referees is down yeah. so I think that having it the knowledge of having it there is already having a positive effect on the game yeah i i, I agree with you i, I think that tommy i think i think something that we are starting to see a little bit i think referees are going to start not bottling decisions but deferring decisions and which by, is fine. I'll, I'll leave that and i'll let someone tell me whether i need to look at it later and i'll let the game flow which to be honest i'm not sure if i have a problem with as i've as as i've seen it happen I'm not sure I have a problem with that happening because it, the game does sort of go and more often than not, by the time you see the hand go up and you think he's, someone's having a word with him, you've already seen the replay on the telly anyway, so you're already like, oh yeah, they've got to look at this. So it, in that regard, it, I, I don't mind it too much. I don't mind it. I guess bottom line for me is that, you know, let's not forget football is about the laws. It's the laws of football. It's not rules. And with laws, justice must be served. And, you know, as I read some of the other day, it's like, is it hard to argue that, more justice is being delivered with the advent of VAR in this World Cup. And it's hard to argue that it isn't. Do you know what I mean? There are some things that we could have added in there and changed that and that should have this. But it's hard to argue that there have been any decisions that have been really robbed from from the advent of VAR, I think. Except from Harry Kane corner. Yeah, obviously mm. twice, mate. Let's not muck yeah. about. Conspiracy <laughs> in it. FIFA can't help mm. themselves. Anyway, Tom, moving on about all that. Accounts. Check his bank account. Sorry, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Some like this weird little <laughs> thing happening in the corner there. But look, one of uh, I think the most important thing is we've got three points, and that means now that we can look Ooh, on, bloody brilliant. look on with excitement into the next round. Panama. It's a couple of days from where we are. That's an easy three points, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it, Naz? Isn't that easy three points? 
Are we back on the road? 4 0, here we go, la yeah, la la. Yeah, 100%. You know what? That, it goes back to your point about the bench. I think we made the point last game as well about having such a strong bench and not having Vassell and whatnot anymore. It's a, we've got a squad, right? So um, we can rotate our fullbacks, we can bring Dyer in, be a bit more defensive against the probably brute strength they're going to try and put forward um, and match them for strength in midfield. Um, and we've got f- we've got a lot of fit. Like we didn't even use Vardy that whole game, right? And I know you're saying he's one-dimensional, but he could be great against it's against Panama. Panama you know, he could be perfect. Uh, bring Harry Kane off, or even play him instead of Harry Kane, and uh, bring Harry Kane back on, maybe 60th, like he did a couple of other players. And yeah, I mean, I think it's three points. I think well, it's three points. Dave, well, Panama now not just do what Tunisia did. Will Will they have looked at what Tunisia <laughs> did and go, you know what? They almost get away with that. We, if we lose, we're we're gone. If we draw, we've still got that last game to win against Tunisia. And if we do that, four points, we're in the mix. Is there not every right? They're just going to sit back and they had their free hit against Belgium and they use us for the shut up shop or no? They they will. They, of course, they're going to do that because they did that against Belgium. They tried to play a little bit on the counter attack. I mean, Naz can just about remember this game, mm-hmm. um, but, but they were. They were awful. Like and I'm not just. They were Sunday league. Like some of the, the even the back passes, they couldn't make a five yard pass back to the keeper without it nearly getting intercepted. They were by a country mile the worst team. Like I thought Saudi Arabia were bad, and then I saw Panama. So he, I kind of disagree with you there, Naz. Like he's not going to rest Kane when he could potentially be Golden Boot. Like he'll no, never I, d- I don't think he will rest him. I'm saying with the option, the beauty of this team is that. If he did rest him, it wouldn't be an issue. Like yeah, especially Vardy, you know, Panama. Look, they let's, are they are that bad. Let, let's go to to our coach on this one, coach. <laughs> do you uh, do you stick with a winning team or do you rest some players? What would you do if uh, if England don't do anything less than absolutely destroy the worst team in the tournament? That is just a terrible result, I think. Um, football won't be coming home. It'll be running off with a Brazilian plumber, is what it would be doing. <laughs> uh, no, it's an absolute must win, and it must be a convincing win. Uh, so I think he should be playing a strong team, even though you know there is advantage there, rest and players for the Belgian game. Uh, but that's my take. But that's the but that's the thing, right? Like, us, the the us first team there that we played against. Um, Tunisia, like we could play. You were di- drunk, weren't we you? Could, <laughs> yeah, but we could we could play like five or six different players, and it's still a very strong team. It's still no weaker than the one we played against Tunisia, right? He brings in Rashford, he brings in Vardy, like he, he swaps the fullbacks, he brings in Dyer. I'm still I'm still happy with that team. I'm still saying it's very strong. Like he plays Pope in goal if he wants. Like you know he brings in Cahill. I'm. St- it's still a strong team. Like there's no weak. That that's the. That's why I like this team so much. There's no weak side that we can put ahead, I think. There's no weak side against Panama. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, exactly. I think that's the, the main thing. Like, and, and also, the, the, the so thing there's, is... there's the, no easy games at the World Cup unless yeah. you're playing Panama. Well, no, the, the, point, the point that I was making to you as well is that Belgium, we, we, moved the, we moved the ball a lot quicker than Belgium did against Tunisia compared to what they did against Panama, right? And if they can't handle the ball the, 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 the way Belgium are moving the ball, if we play at the same pace that we played against Tunisia... They got no chance. They, yeah. They've got no chance. Like oh, they, I agree. We were picking out gaps for fun. Yeah, I, th- I think the the first half. I think we stick with the same team, other than Rashford for Sterling. 
Um, I'd stick with that same team, just try and have the job done by half time, and then you rest. I'd, I'd, I'd take off. If Kane's, Kane's already, already got himself a goal, I'd rest him because I think if, if we lose him for a terrible injury against Panama, like yeah. we was kind of screwed there. So I play him till half time, take him off then. Um, but yeah, look, if, if we can't beat Panama, we might as well, you know, like Tommy mm-hmm. said, we might yeah. as well pack our bags. Or go in with a Brazilian plumber. Uh, to me, I think you keep the same squad. I, I think you put the same first 11 in. Uh, absolutely, I think. I think they started well. They know what to do. They know what they... I think with tournaments, because they're so short, you've got to get people into a group. It's not like the hustle bustle of a regular season where, you know, we've got 40, 50 games to, to wed this in and build it, and it doesn't matter. We've got strong periods and weak periods. We've you can't really afford you've got to get in a groove and go with it you know and, and you can't really afford to get off a groove because there aren't enough games to get it back and the games that you do have to get it back the quality of opposition goes up and up and up and up and up so far so I think like I say I think Sterling I don't I don't think Sterling played badly but I think it's important that he gets in and plays again I think if he, yeah if he doesn't start that basically has just said your World Cup's done mate because if you don't start he's not going to be bought as a bloody sub is he so yeah. so I, I think it, I think it's important uh, for those reasons that he stays on I think the one thing we learned from the last few months as well with Southgate and Sterling's relationship is that he trusts him like so much like with all that gun tattoo business that came out and all that all that happened he's got his back so much that you know I don't think anyone needs to worry about um, if he did drop him, if he didn't drop him, I think I think he will play him just to give him that confidence. But even if he did, I don't think that means at all that he's lost faith in him. At all. Like you know, I think they've got a very good relationship from from all the interviews and all the press and everything that's happened over the last few weeks. I think um, one thing that's important is um, Belgium aren't going to aren't going to change the teams. They played their best team against Panama. When they play Tunisia, they're going to play their best team. Um, and I think we, we should do exactly the same. Like you said, it, it's not a whole season. Like we've got three games, and we want other teams to fear us in the, in the last 16. We, we don't want to be um, have a bad game against Panama. That that would be an absolute disaster. Yeah, uh, yeah. you got to play players into form, I think. Oh, I think that's where to do it. In terms of when the game's honestly, obviously it's uh, 10 o'clock Sunday night for us here. It's a rare... I mean, yeah, school night, but a rare, rare good night. Where, where's everyone watching it? Tommy, where are you going? Um, I'm, I'm eyeing up the casino. Uh, it just depends on my uh, social commitments and the, uh, the long-haired sergeant major. Yes, uh, that that sounded like code for that. Oh, lung Naz, <laughs> what about you? Uh, casino again. I reckon um, atmosphere. I think it'll be hectic, and I can't wait. Dave, yeah, I'll be in the casino. It's a long day, so and I know how packed it's going to be. So I'm going to tent, uh, tent overnight. Uh, on, on Saturday, wake up and yeah, and, and head in there. Yeah, Mate, proper England fan. That mm. predictions. What do we think, Dave? What do you see? It? I'm going four nil. I can't. I can't see it any less. Than, if we can't score four against Sunday pub team, we're not going to ever score four against anyone ever. Nas. Y- yeah, I go three nil. Um, to be honest, as, we, as long as we win, I don't really care. As long as we get three points. But three nil is yours. I go three nil. Uh, I'm going to go two, uh, just to be different. Uh, it's like I think... the confidence is diminishing as it's coming around the table. <laughs> no, no, it's just just as a point of difference. But I, I think that, yeah, definitely uh, three or four is possible. Um, important to get the, be- get the game put to bed early. And I think then, um, yeah... Uh, it's, it's going to be a good result for England. Yeah, I'm with you, Tommy. I, I think it's a 2 0. I, I think we'll get the goal, get a goal early, and the game will peter out to nothing. We'll get another goal, to be honest. I, I think 
that'll be it. And I've, you know, well, that's all we need to do. Two wins, we're through to the knockout. So, Olay all the way and all that. All right, well, that's that's all we've got time for today. Look, thanks for listening to us. Look, obviously, do share us on your social feeds. Uh, if you've got any emails to send to us, we haven't got an email address, so tough shit on that. But uh, no doubt we'll sort something out. Now, as I think uh, you've got a Twitter account, don't you? You're quite active on I'm not giving my personal Twitter out get out of here yeah, <laughs> get trolled yeah, what are you talking about yeah don't look at that get out of here. Uh, but yeah other than that look enjoy the game uh, on Sunday night I hope it goes well uh, we would have spoken about Australia but we're recording this on a Thursday uh, and obviously the Socceroos play tonight so uh Fingers crossed for a result for them, but you'll know by the time you hear this whether it works out or not. Uh, other than that, it's I'm Andy. I'll see you later. Tommy, say goodbye. Goodbye, folks. No, say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Dave, say goodbye. See you later, chaps. See you later, guys. Take it easy. Come on, England.